What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Canucks Weekly Podcast. My name is Dylan Kayser. I'm joined by Jack Friedman. And uh, Jack, we were just talking about this before going live. We are not happy. We are not happy. The Canucks have lost four games to start this season. What is going on here, man? What is going on? Historic start, not in a good way. First team in NHL history to blow multi-goal leads. Four, four, let me repeat, four games in a row. This is words, words. I can't even say words, man. We we yeah. had so much hope coming into this season, and I think that's why it stings a little bit more. Um, you know, in the past few years, the Canucks, let's be honest, it's all been about the draft. Let's see what prospects we can pick up. Finally, it seems like we have a legit team, and we start off like this. I mean, oh. you, you said it. Words don't can't describe hopes, what's going hopes on. Hopes couldn't right have now. been higher. Hopes couldn't have been higher. Like we came into this season all stoked on. And look, I'll I'll repeat what I said in the comments of your live stream the other day. I I think we need to give them some breathing room. Sure, yes, four games in a row hurts terribly, but it's a small sample size, and I think we need to keep that in mind. Um, team teams have started the season off terribly and gone on to make the playoffs. So look. Talk to me when we're 25 games in and we're five games below 500, then, you know, maybe I'll start to panic. Right. But yeah, at this point, I think we should keep the panic in check at least a little bit. We'll keep it in check, but I think there's always going to be a certain level of panic. And, you know, especially because we had such a rough preseason as well. And now you're coming into the start of the regular season and it's, you know, you're, you're Owen four so far. So a combination of a bad preseason, which we've talked about it. We don't put any stock into it, but just combined with the poor start to the season, it, it doesn't look good, but I do agree with you. I really start looking at the team after, I don't know, game, game 10, normally American Thanksgiving is kind of like, kind of when people start checking in on teams. So yeah, we'll, we'll try and keep the panic level somewhat low, but uh I don't know. Judging on some of the comments, it might be a, a little higher than we hope. Oh man, that's the thing. Is like, especially for a young team like this, them like the team needs to not panic. These young guys need to not panic. Yeah, I, I agree. And hey, thanks everybody that's commenting in the live stream. I mean, this is comment driven show. Uh, Connor Cahill, hey, you were in uh, in the THPN watch along. Uh, thanks for jumping on. Saying, I wonder, does fitness have something to do with man, it? I, I think for sure, yeah. The young guys definitely, you know, coming into the season, it's a new experience for a lot of these guys. And yeah, we've got veterans on the team, but they're still young, right? And we're facing teams that have been making the playoffs for years and years. So look, the competition's tough. That's for sure. Definitely a factor, in my opinion. I mean, the Canucks didn't have a, a Travis Green training camp this year, which is known to be hell. Not that it helped them last year, I guess, but uh, oh, hey, it, it could be a factor. Could be a factor. Well, I just think we need some veteran presence. That's that's something we've been talking about for a while. Is we need a steady hand in this locker room. A lot of young guys. Like the expectations couldn't be higher, and you know it's a tough league. Uh, Connor also says to completely shut off in the third period of the last few games is not acceptable. I agree. It's happened this whole season so far. You know, very short season, four games, but it's kind of been a storyline for the Canucks over the last two years. Man, it's been a storyline with the Canucks for ever. Like that's how, like every single time there's a game on the line, it's the third period where it all comes apart. So I, I don't know. I, I think that the Canucks have a trouble with um, just consistency. It's about getting the lead, keeping the lead, not making the mistakes, not trying to make those stupid, selfish plays. Like it, it, we've we've seen it all in the last few games. The last time that the Vancouver Canucks were known for having good third periods 
would you say it was 2011 when oh, it seemed man. like even if That's the Canucks the were down, they could come back in the third period. And now it seems like if the Canucks are up, you're expecting them to blow the lead in the third period. Oh, Unacceptable. It's, 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 we, like we've been saying, man, two, you know what? Two nothing is a dangerous league and dangerous lead in hockey. Like yeah, it, it can, it can be gone in the blink of an eye. And the Canucks have only had one three goal lead throughout this losing streak. They've had two goal leads in the rest of them, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and and that's the thing is a two goal lead is not a lot in today's league. No, it's it's really not. It's not, especially when you have the defense that the Vancouver Canucks have. I mean, we're gonna rip on the defense all season yeah. long, but again, th- this is what happens when you have poor defense. Well, you here's the thing: together late in the game, Meyer, Myers was activated from LTIR. Let's see how he does coming into the season fresh. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and Mikheyev too. I mean, we'll see how he does, but he's not a defenseman, I don't think, right? So. No, I mean, he's a forward, but he's, you know, on the penalty kill. So he's playing that defensive role and they, they need help wherever they can get it. Thatcher Demko needs help wherever he can get it. Uh, what is his goals against right now? It's like three. Yeah. I mean, Spencer Martin played uh, in the Columbus game. He didn't yeah. look bad. I mean, I'm more than happy with him as a backup, but uh, he needs more support. Yeah, no, you know, you can't fault him, right? It was an overtime loss and it was... That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, Connor saying, before anyone says it, I 100% want Coach to stay. I fully have faith in him. I think it's more certain players on the team that struggle with lack of leadership, especially from Horvat. Do you think Horvat's leadership is coming into question here? I, I don't think so. I mean, Horvat's not really on my radar that way. I think he's been great since he's been captain. And as far as Bruce goes, like it's his first full season. I don't think anybody's expecting him to get fired right off the bat especially not after four games like this and especially not how after last season went. So I, I think that Bruce through the way that last season ended has at least earned a chance to, to, you know, a couple of years, at least I would hope, man, I wouldn't fire him after one year, less than well, a year, you know, like one thing I'll say about Bruce Boudreaux and, and while I love him, he wasn't a hire of Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin. It, it was a Jim Benning hire. So whether or not they like him as their you know, long-term guy behind the bench. I, I don't know. Hmm. But overall, from what we've seen, I, I do like Boudreaux. It Man, seems like the guys like him too. They they let him start the season. I say give him this season at least. I agree. You got to see what you have. You really do. And he's a veteran coach, man. Like he's, he's taken many teams far in the playoffs. He was a coach of uh, Washington, Minnesota. Um, who am I missing? I'm pretty sure there's one other one at least. Um, I don't Anaheim? know. It's slipping my mind. I think he was in Anaheim actually. I could be wrong. Getting him mixed up with Randy Carlisle, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, there you go. Jump into to some more comments here. Canucks number one fan. I see you in the live chat. Thanks for Dumba. jumping on. Saying Bo for Dumba. That's a hot I'm, take. I mean, I, normally Matt Dumba, his name is circulated with the uh, Brock Bastard trade rumors. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's what the Canucks are looking for. I think the Canucks are looking for a more of a defensive presence. Now I know Dumba's a defenseman, but he's more of an offensive guy and the Canucks have too many of those. Right. So yeah, I, I don't know if that really helps. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think we need somebody, I don't know, like Duncan Keith of back in the day kind of thing. Yeah, ex- exactly. We need a stable factor on the back end, and we just, we just don't have it. I mean, it's, it's not Tyler Myers. I know that for sure. Quinn Hughes, offensive defenseman, Oliver Ekman, Larson, He's just kind of floating out there. I mean, he's he doesn't really make much of an impact, you know, positive or negative, but he's not a $7 million defenseman like we pay him for. 
Yeah. And then you look at the rest of the lineup. There's not much there. Well, that's things. What you got to consider too is like what's going on in the locker room. Like there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes right now that we just we have no idea what the hell is going on. Like it's so bizarre. And like you can maybe take it from here. Like talk about this quote that came out. Like this is this is crazy. And I think it just has it, it's everything about what's going on in the in the in the Canucks locker room and on the Canucks ice. What they've what they've shown on the ice this season. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, from Frank uh, Saravalli's podcast on Daily Faceoff, basically the quote is, I've heard there's a lot of friction in the dress room between some of the star players and the rest of the team. It's real clicky in that dressing room. The way they're promoting players, particularly on social media channels, and just everything that I hear coming out of that dressing room, it seems really dysfunctional at times. And, and that's why I kind of brought up Bo Horvat is do we I mean is his leadership under question I, I pose the question again when we start hearing stuff come out like this I mean he is the captain of the team at the end of the day yeah I suppose so when you look at it that way like I I haven't seen it from him personally I guess he's just you know he's a quiet guy he's reserved he's you know he, he plays hockey and he sort of doesn't talk off the and, ice and maybe that's too. not what the team needs as a captain it, it could be maybe we need somebody older who's willing to come out and tell tell it as it is you know what I mean who's who's more cement but uh I mean, that's the thing is like, I really don't like this quote coming out. It it, uh, yeah. it shakes my faith in the team a little bit because clicky, especially like when you're building a team, a, a click is, is death to a team. You know, that, yeah, that means that there's teams within the team and, and that's yeah. just discord. And every everybody needs like when there's a team, you have one goal. When there's clicks, now you have multiple goals and it's just not going to work out. And I mean, you see it translating on ice when you start seeing individual efforts versus a team effort. And we saw it a lot last year, you know, let's bring up Elias Patterson. I'm not saying he's a problem in the, in the dressing room, but on yeah. the ice, he was playing an individual game. He's trying to do everything by himself, not as a team. When he started playing with his line mates in the second half of the season, that's when his point production went up. Um, Connor saying, I'm not sure Horvat has leadership qualities. He's too grounded and quiet. I don't think that means you don't have leadership qualities, but again, maybe it's just not the type of leader that this team needs right now. Well, like what I'd say is like Horvat, Horvat leads with his play as opposed yeah. to his personality or his off ice comments. So, I mean, from what I've seen of him playing hockey, he's a leader out there, but yeah. you know, maybe you're right about the, uh, maybe we're right that we need somebody who's a little bit stronger off ice. Uh, Connor says I consider Millsy, but he's too down on himself. I, I don't, I don't know see that Miller is a captain. I, I don't see him as a captain either. I think he's uh, too emotional almost uh, to be in that role. But um, alternate's fine. Alternate's fine. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, talking about captains, I mean, other than Bo Horvat, I don't know who I'd give the C to. So I mean, I, I'm fine with him being captain, but something's got to change in the locker room. It really does. Yeah. Like I could see Hughes maybe a few years down the line, but like not right now. I mean, he's even quieter than Horvat. So yeah. I, I like what I'm know. saying, like maybe in a few years when he's this like, you know, grizzled, tough old defenseman, you know what I mean? But he's yeah, not quite yeah, there maybe, yet. For sure. Um, something I want to bring up from the, uh, the last loss against the Columbus blue jackets, another, epic collapse in the third period oh, disaster man it was, it was heartbreaking that one especially it was here's the here's the tough thing the teams that we're losing to i mean they're not great teams let's be honest here the columbus blue jackets who came into this game oh and three like that that's the team you gotta beat to get your the battle win. of the losing streaks there the philadelphia flyers and the shit show that they are i mean that's a team you gotta beat 
the Washington Capitals, while they're a pretty good team, I don't think teams like that are out of the reach for the Vancouver Canucks. Same with no. the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, man, we had multi-goal leads on all these teams. All it yeah. all it would have taken is some discipline. Exactly. So uh, the the one thing I want to mention though about the Columbus game, Connor Garland was scratched. Yeah, which was an interesting move. I thought, you know, a guy like Connor Garland, he's the heart. To- Exactly. He's he's an engine. I mean, he's constantly going. He's getting in the dirty areas. Man, you would I love think it. you would think that's everything that a coach wants to see in a player, and that and you would think that that is setting an example. But he was scratched, which I thought was yeah. Really interesting. What do you make of that? Like, I, I I man, when I found out he was scratched, I was like, what what is going on here? Like, we're on a losing streak, and we're cutting the guy who's who goes out there and tries to make an impact day in day out, every second of every shift, like it. He he just little engine that could is what I would call a Car- Connor Garland. Like I want to see him on the ice every night. I agree, and you know I hate to bring money into this, but you're not gonna you're not paying a guy over four million to sit on the bench or sit in the press yeah, box. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe there's something going on. That's the thing is it prompts speculation, especially when the team's doing this badly and you're scratching one of your players who like not only you're paying more than most of the rest of the players on the team but has a role on the team that you desperately need especially at times like this like yeah. I, I wish we had six Connor Garlands on our bottom two lines like exactly that's that's what you want he, he like every single team in the league wants Carl, Connor Garland we have him and we scratch him what's going on there and, and again I didn't think he's been playing that bad I thought he's been fine um, no, man, I saw him going into the dirty areas, going after the goalies, yeah. getting in the face of the other team. Man, every single time I see Connor Garland, I'm like, damn, go. Just yeah. go. Like, yeah, let's exactly. go. One of the, you know, the the pieces that we got back in that huge trade with Arizona. And mm-hmm. honestly, he's like the centerpiece of that trade, not Oliver Ekman yeah. Larson. No, no. Yeah. Ekman Larson's invisible out there, as far as I can tell. Uh, Connor saying, why not someone like Kyle Burroughs? I mean... Kyle Burroughs, he's not quite like at the level of a captain, in my opinion. Now, I know it's not always the best player that gets the captaincy, but I don't even know if Kyle Burroughs is a is a lock to make the team night in and night out. So <laughs> I, I think you might give the captaincy to someone else. But I mean, he does, you know, have we'll some of the traits that up. we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I've seen him. He's been a solid player. Like I haven't seen him make stupid mistakes or stupid, you know, penalties or anything like that. So happy to have him here uh if he's here for a bunch more years maybe it should be uh kind of similar thing here canucks uh number one fan commenting the captain should be luke shen i mean if this was five years ago maybe maybe but i think luke shen i mean he's like a third pairing guy these days at best i mean i think he's on borrowed time as far as his career goes uh like yeah does he have another season in him um yeah is he going to be making the lineup by the end of this year it's the game's only getting faster here's the thing dylan let's hope not yeah because if he's not making the lineup that means we have someone better yeah no exactly and you know like i said he's already looking kind of slow out there yeah and for a player like luke shen it seems like when it comes it's going to come quick and he's just going to deteriorate and he's not going to be able to you know keep up with players like Connor mcdavid that he's supposed to be defending um, so I, that's a tough one. I, I love Luke Shen. I love Kyle Burrows, but I don't think I'm going to give them the captaincy. No, I, the only captain I see on the team is Horvat. As far as that goes right now, I, I don't see them changing that anytime soon. I don't see a reason to, uh, the only way I'd see them maybe making a change is if they did trade Horvat and brought in somebody to be the captain. Um, but that would be multiple moves. Maybe, like if the Canucks are, are seriously tanking by deadline, 
I I, I want to see what they can do. Like, I'm open to trades. I want to see some moves. Like, yeah, I, well, I love the GM side. Yeah, let's let's talk about trades right now. Let's get into our next topic. There you and, go. Uh, you know, Good the segue. title of this episode, um, you know, is Brock Besser on the trade block. And it could be any number of Canucks forwards. But I've been talking about Brock Besser potentially being on the trade block all season because he's kind of the odd man out. This team yep. needs defense. And yep. moving forward, like we've talked about the Horvat contract, we can't keep all these high-paid uh, forwards in this lineup. So is Brock Besser the odd man out? What do you think? Man, you almost have to hope so because, I, I mean, I, I think his value is only getting worse. I, I don't I don't see him being the 50-goal guy that we saw when he was in his rookie season. I think that back injury dented his career badly. And, and that's unfortunate, and that sucks for him, and it sucks for us. But maybe yeah. the rest of the te- league doesn't know that yet. So I think we need to cash in on the guy, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, the injury and also I think, you know, and this is how fast this league moves. I think when he came in the NHL, his foot speed was okay. He could get away with it. And now, you know, that's that's a part of his game that's not very strong. And I don't know if he can, he can keep up. Just like I mentioned with Luke Shen, you yeah. know, can't keep up with these Connor McDavid's. And I know not everyone skates like Connor McDavid, but yeah. I mean, damn, the guy's in our division. I mean, we're playing against them every night. We need a fast team. Um yeah. And that's not what Brock Besser is. So I, I don't know. I, I I agree with you. I still think there's value here. Yep. But I think I've kind of come to the realization, I think Canucks fans have too, that he this is what Brock Besser is. He's probably a 25 goal scorer. Yeah. We need to cash in. Uh, he's like maybe like a $4 million guy, $5 million on a good day. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, realistically, you look at, you know, I mean, I don't actually have the stats in front of me, but you look at production from a guy like Connor Garland that we just brought up who brings some other factors to his game as well. And Mm -hmm. he's getting 4.75, I believe, something like that. Yeah, but 20 goals is going to get you 4 million. No, exactly. But if you don't bring anything else to your game, which let's be honest, I don't think Brock Besser really does. I don't think you can pay more than 5 mil for that. I don't see it. I mean, I'd be happy to trade him for like a second pairing defenseman. Yeah, me too. I mean, a younger defenseman that has some speed. I think Maybe that's a bit of upside even. That's that's what you got to get um, for a player like Brock Besser. He's still young. And that's the funny thing, right? You don't know what other teams around the league think of this player. Maybe they still look at Brock Besser and they think, you know, this guy's just had bad luck with injuries and whatnot, but he's actually a 35 goal scorer. Let's, let's make a move for him. Maybe some teams are thinking that. I I hope so. I hope so for the Canucks sake. And let's see, like, I'd love to see Alvin make some moves. You know, I love to see those trades. Uh, I really liked Brock Besser as a person and what he brought to the team and the memes and the flow and all that. And so that's all great. You know, everybody loves memes, but what's on the ice is what matters and we need defense. And maybe you're right that he's the odd man out. I think he, I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head there. I, I think someone's going to move by the end of this season or, or before well, I mean, the trade if, deadline. If, if they're tanking, definitely. But yeah, like, let's sure. say they turn it around and like they're they're the dark horse, maybe going to make the playoffs. You know, like maybe not. I still have faith. I, I if I'm putting money down on it, I'm still saying that this Vancouver Canucks team makes the playoffs this year. I really do still think this is a playoff team, even though. It's been a rough start. I think they have a lot to figure out. I think there might even have to be a big trade or a shakeup or something, but I still believe this team can make the playoffs. I, I will always bet on the Canucks because I'm, you know, I'm a homer when it comes down to it. Uh, I, I will never bet against the home team. Um, 
that that's about it. I will always have faith. <laughs> I, I think that we will 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 pull it out in the end eventually. Like even if this season doesn't go as planned, I, I do see something good in this core. Like I really think that we can build towards something that will be a Stanley Cup winning team. But there's a few pieces that need to change. And I don't think this season is our Stanley Cup winning season. But I could see them making the playoffs. I think you're 100% right. And I think that's what this team needs is to make the playoffs to show that, like, there's something here and we can come into next season and maybe go further. And, hey, we don't want guys like Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson to go through, you know, the the old era of the Edmonton Oilers, you know, with all their top picks that just never saw any playoff time for five, six, seven years. And look at what that did to their franchise. Well, they all left. Exactly. We need to get these guys into the playoffs at some point. Yeah. Um, we actually posted a poll question about, uh, you know, pot- potential moves for the Vancouver Canucks on our Twitter page at Canucks Weekly. The poll question is, do you think the Canucks will make a trade or a coaching change soon? The uh, the answers were yes, trade. Yes, coach. Yes to both or no to both. Uh, yes to trade. Uh, was at 62%. Uh, fans think that the Canucks will make a trade soon, or 62% of them will. Um, yes to coach, only 5%. So people still have faith in uh, Bruce Boudreau. Mm-hmm. Yes to both was at 4%. And no to both was at 28%. So, right. you know, about, yeah, 65-35 uh, split on this one. I think the fans think that there needs to be some changes here early in the season. Uh, 35% of people are, you know, being a little more patient. I, I'd love to see a trade. I think a trade is what this team needs. There hasn't been a big move in a long time. Um, bringing in all, all of Reckman Larson and Connor Garland, sure, it's a big-ish trade, but, like, it doesn't shake the foundations of either team, really. Um, my, my problem is, is, you know, this team struggled last year. Sure, they had a good second half of the season, but we're coming into this season with the exact same roster, you know, minus a couple players and Jason Dickinson, you know, some irrelevant players to be quite honest with you. So I just don't know how this management group can think that they can just, you know, run with the same team and not make any changes. Well, like the it's Canadian Canadian market, right? So we're, we're itching for moves. We're itching for trades. Like I think that they need to uh, feed the crowd, feed the mob and uh, give us what we want and <laughs> do something that makes the team better. I want to see the team be good. I want to see the team win. Let's go. It's been too damn long. I mean, once you're okay with losing, that's when it's been too damn long. And I feel Connor like that's will trade for you. Be. If you score 50 goals. Uh, Connor says trade for me. I think he means like that's his vote in the poll, or maybe he actually means trade for me. I mean, send in your uh, you know, your video of your skills and, and yeah. your and your hardest shot, and we'll see where we can go. <laughs> uh, Connor says, why don't they give a chance to Jonathan Licker and Mackey? I mean, he's not ready for the NHL. He's still, you know, I think he's only 18 years old. He's over in Europe. He needs a little more time. And I think when they drafted Lecker Mackey, I think they understood that this guy's a bit more of a project. He's not a guy that's going to step in right away. There might be three years, four years of waiting for this guy. But, hey, he's a, he's a talented player. What was it, 15th overall in his last draft? So I'm excited to see him. Yeah, you know, we've always got high hopes for draft picks, but I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in them anymore, not since the the Schrader situation and the Ulevi situation and – I don't know. There's been a bunch from um, uh, Gaudet, and th- there's been a bunch of draft picks that we've just had such high hopes for. Hey, Gaudet was a that... third or fourth round pick. 
he he turned out okay, sure. But I'm just saying, like, they're yeah. great, great draft picks only come around once in a while. We had some amazing luck with Besser, some amazing luck with Pedersen one. Hopefully, we'll get some more amazing luck with Pedersen two. Who knows? I, I I betting on betting on draft picks and prospects. I I just don't know how it's done. It, it just seems like crystal ball gazing to me. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. And the Vancouver Canucks haven't had you know, the best track record in the last decade or so. I mean, I know they've hit on a few picks, but when you have top five picks on a consistent basis, yeah, you, you, you better hit on a few of them. Yeah. Uh, Connor says that word wasn't worded as you thought. I can't even skate to save my life. <laughs> Smart asses. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, I think that's it on the uh, trade talk, unless you want to bring up anything else, Jack. Oh man, trades. I just, I want to see a trade. I, I think trades are exciting. Uh, I think trading, uh, trading Corey Schneider for Bo Horvat was one of the craziest things I've ever seen the team do. I mean, it wasn't for Bo Horvat. It was for the draft pick game Bo Horvat, but that's how it's looked at. Ninth uh, overall pick. Yeah. I want to see something like that where, where the, the GM pulls something out that you just weren't expecting. And it just, it does something that changes the future of the team. That's there what we I want go. To see. That's, that's all we need to see. Yeah. Is a game-changing trade. Come on, game Patrick Alvey, get it done. Uh, a future-changing trade and a legacy trade. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's some news around the league that we might want to touch on, Jack, before we uh, continue on to the next week's preview uh, of Canucks games. you want to start off with this first one? Oh, man, I'm going to get fired up on this. Like the, the Kuznetsov slash. Yeah. He got one game. One game. I don't see how that gets one game. He took a two-handed chop to the guy's neck. He tried to take the guy's head off. I mean, Timber gets... West was trying to hire this guy as a lumberjack oh, after they man, saw that. He, he's signing up for competitions. He's got a sidekick <laughs> now. But like, it's 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 egregious. It is yeah. unacceptable. It, he took a two-handed chop at a guy's head. That like Kyle Burrows is lucky to not be headless today. Like it, it's, I, I just I can't even with this video when I like. Seeing that replay, it's just so beyond anything that should be in the game or anywhere close to it. Like, I, I can't believe that he's not getting assault charges out of it, to be honest. Like, um, yeah, uh, and, and I mean, I was doing a watch along uh, for that Caps-Canucks game. And, you know, at the time, I was, like, flabbergasted that it was only a minor penalty. You know, I'm disgusted. Kuz on the ice, Kuznetsov only got a two-minute penalty for that move. That later, you know, he gets suspended. I, I will say, hey... I mean, at least he get did get suspended, but sure. at the end of the day, I don't think one game was enough. Man. Like you said, it was just a blatant two hand chop. But what? There was nothing accidental about this. No, it, he's I pissed off. And just went, boom. Exactly. Like, if if Kyle Burrows could have lost his jaw, yeah. and if Kyle Burrows has lost his jaw, Kuznetsov would be out twenty five games the way Rafi Torres was back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Like uh, I don't see any other way that could have gone. Like it was it was a matter of inches between apparently what's a one game suspension and what should have been like a ban until you I don't know, take some anger management classes or something. Yeah. Like that was practically a Todd Bertuzzi incident, man. Maybe we bring up this topic another night, another episode, but I mean, that brings up the question that should the suspension, you know, the the length of the suspension relate to if a player's injured or what the that's actual the action. Yeah, that's the big question. And and who knows, honestly, it's, it's really tough to say what, what the answer to that question is. It's one of those weird ethical questions 
that you don't know. Because as you said in the, in the when we were chatting earlier about this, you throw a clean hit, a guy gets injured. Should you get suspended for that? Who knows? I like, yeah, I, it's, it's something to think about for sure. I don't know about that. Well, I think my argument is if a guy is hit with the clean hit and gets injured, I mean, no, that should not be a suspension. So if a guy slashes a guy in the face, should you consider an injury in that situation? Or should you consider the action of slashing someone in the face is bad and you should get three games? Not, okay, he got him in the teeth. Or, okay, no, he got him in the eye this time. It was an inch It was an inch higher this one, so we're going to give him ten games. But the next time he slashes the guy and he just gets him a little bit lower, that's that's okay. We'll just sure, one sure. Game well, here's that. the thing is I think that the line is then intent, right? Because if yes, you look exactly. at – if you look at, you get a high stick. The reason why it's two minutes for a regular high stick versus four minutes for blood is because you assume, you would hope that the high stick was accidental. So it sort of does make sense that you get penalized worse if you yep. do something worse, if the accident was worse because you weren't in control of your stick. It's your fault. You get punished worse. That makes sense. Uh, so when it comes sure. down to whether you should have supplemental discipline, definitely should probably come down to... Uh, down to intent you know what i mean like this guy took a two-handed chop to the guy's head there is no excuse for that you you can't tell me you didn't mean to oh i did like his argument in the hearing was oh i didn't mean to hit him so high you meant to hit him you meant to hit him you can't do that you can't do that i agree i agree so i mean like i said i think we might bring up this topic again probably the next suspension that's handed out um, but yeah, I mean, just a, a gutless move from uh, Kuznetsov. Oh, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. I'm I'm no longer a Kuznetsov fan if I ever was. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Victoria, hey, what's up? Thanks for jumping on the live stream. Uh, Connor says Kuznetsov is a scumbag. He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, I don't see it any other way. Next time they play each other, someone should give him an almighty wallop in the side with the stick. <laughs> All right, I love that. Um, but here's the thing, Dylan. That that brings up what we've been talking about every night about the Canucks is who's going to take that on. Yeah, I mean, there's not many guys. I mean, honestly, one of the only guys that's out there to do that is uh, is Kyle Burrows, and he got slashed in the face. So maybe maybe he'll get revenge for himself. But I mean, I don't want to advocate for violence. You know, it's not really what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that when it comes to playing these guys again. You got to make it clear that you can't do that. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Then Connor adds in. I was going to mention this. He cross checks Burroughs in the back on the ice right after oh, uh, slashing him in the face. Just classless. Classless. Yeah, like Connor classless said. is right, Connor. Uh, anything else before we get into uh, next week's preview? Man, uh, the only other thing I wanted to bring up is the Landeskog injury, just because we've been talking a lot about, uh, you know, team building philosophy. And it just goes to show, you know, you pay a guy seven mil and he's now out for 12 weeks with uh, with with knee surgery. And that takes a third out of your season. Seven mil is practically 10 percent of your cap. That's 10 percent of your budget sitting on the bench for a third of the season like that. That hurts. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, no, that's that's tough for the Colorado Avalanche. And I mean, last year, Landis Cog was one of their best players, 30 goals in 51 games. And, you know, it's it's a knee surgery. So they're saying 12 weeks, but when he comes back in 12 weeks, if that even happens, when yep. he comes back in 12 weeks, is that 60% of Gabriel Landis Cog? Do you really have your $7 million Gabriel Landis Cog on the ice? No, probably not. You're probably looking at more of a four- four and a half to five month of actual recovery here. 
Totally. Especially trying to get back up to NHL speed and playing against yeah. NHL players day in and day out. Not to mention he's the captain of the franchise. Like, it's just, it's a lot. And I, uh, you know, it comes down to in team building philosophy. I just think that these big contracts are, they're tough. Rachel, uh, hello. What's up, Rachel? Thanks for jumping on. Um, but yeah, it is tough. It is tough. Um, let's, uh, and another thing too, actually, I don't want to bring up about the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, they don't have Nazem Kadri anymore. I mean, so now they don't have Kadri. They don't have Landeskog. Those are two big pieces for their yep. Stanley Cup last year. Don't have year. Kemper. They don't have Kemper either. So, I mean, I thought going into the season that they were going to be okay, that, hey, maybe there's a chance that they could get back to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now I'm starting to reconsider that. Yeah, who knows, man? The Western Conference is kind of a toss-up. So uh, I don't know. Who do you see taking it taking it over for them? I mean, it, it's tough. It really is. Maybe this is the year that the Edmonton Oilers really pick it up uh, and they get it done. Who knows? With with McDavid and Dreisaitl, anything's possible. Man, I'll be honest. I'd love to see the Oilers do that. I've been I've been yeah. hoping and that that they've been good for for years and years. But I, again, I'll say I'll believe it when I see it with the Edmonton Oilers. It's it's just they've they've disappointed and choked so many times in the last however many years uh, ever since Taylor Hall ever since the Taylor Hall days they've just been choking and choking yeah. and choking so I'll believe it when I see it with the Edmonton Oilers I'd love to see it though I gotta say uh Connor says I called it after Oilers lost to Sabres they aren't a great team a few of their fans laughed when I said they wouldn't they would struggle without McDang it uh I didn't think they were a great team when we played them I mean a, a lot does rely on McDavid and Dreisaitl um so a lot hey. relies on Crosby and Malkin and it never hurt them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, let's get into a quick preview of the upcoming games and then wrap up the show. Uh, so the next game for the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night against the Minnesota wild. Do you think the Canucks are going to get their first win here? Jack, man, what, what's your score we, prediction for this we, game? We have to, we have to bet on it, man. I'm not going to bet yeah. on the Canucks losing. Cause that's just a defeatist attitude. And uh, no, I'll, I'll always bet on the Canucks. The, the Minnesota Wild are 0-3 also. So let's let's keep their losing streak. You know, we this is the second game in a row that it's the battle of losing streaks. Uh, this time the Canucks need to pull it out and uh, and keep keep the Minnesota Wild losing streak going strong. That's what I want to see. I want to see a solid 4-2 win with the empty netter. It has to go that way for the season to be turned around. It has to. I think the Vancouver Canucks are going to win this game, but they're going to do it in dramatic fashion. Uh, it's going to be a 4-3 win in overtime, I think. 4-3 they're they're going to blow a lead in the third. Oh. And then they're going to they're going to actually win <laughs> in overtime. That's my prediction Say for this it game. So, my heart can't take it. <laughs> I know. Could you imagine though if they blow another lead in the third? I oh, mean, they will, man. You just go. It's it's going to be the story of the season is blowing leads in the third. Like, yeah. it's just, it's been so painful. But I, I want to see the win. I want to see the win. Minnesota's on a losing streak. It, it's a good time to capitalize. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Saturday, the Canucks against the Buffalo Sabres. Man, Buffalo hasn't been good in years. I still have no faith in Buffalo. Buffalo, I, it was interesting about Buffalo is there will always be sort of the Canucks sister team since they came into the league yeah. the same year. And uh, as long as Buffalo doesn't have a cup, I'll be happy. Um, so I'm going to say the Canucks are going to win that game as well. Uh, let's say three to one. Yeah, you know, I'm going to agree. I think the Canucks win this one coming off of the hype of their first win against the Minnesota Wild, which we predicted correctly. 
Yeah. I mean, we better. No doubt. Um, <laughs> I think that the, the Canucks win this one. I'm going to say 4-1 uh, for the Vancouver Canucks over the Buffalo Sabres. I think the Sabres have a lot to figure out. They will be a good team in the future, I think, with some of their young pieces. But uh, it's going to be a while. And that brings us to uh, the last game before we do our, our next recording on Wednesday. Uh, this game is on Monday, the Vancouver Canucks against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, what's your prediction here, Jack? Well, here's the thing is the Carolina Hurricanes have been a hyped up team, especially in the last few years. It's it's I think they're going to be an exciting team, especially this coming year. I think they had a really good season last year, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I want to see them do well. I really like Carolina. Um, I like their history. I've liked the players they've had. They're kind of one of those teams that sort of floats in the background a bit. So I think it'll be cool to see them come out this year. That being said, I hate betting against the Canucks. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to be a tough one for the Canucks to win uh, just because Carolina is one of those teams that I think is actually very good this season and, uh, and should be, should be a shoe in for a playoff spot. Um, so I'll still bet on the Canucks. I'll say it's going to be a three, two win in overtime. There you go. Three, two win in overtime for the Canucks. I, I'm going to say that the Canucks actually lose this one. I'm predicting my, uh, my first loss. I know in I'm lying to myself. Games. Yeah, the, the Hurricanes are just a damn good team. They are. And and at this point, to expect a three-game winning streak uh, for the Vancouver Canucks is, uh, I don't know, that's that's high hopes. That, that's Man, a reach I, there. I want to see a 79-game winning streak. There, there you go. That's, that's it. That's all we need to see. Yeah. No, I, I think the Hurricanes are a damn good team. Yeah. Uh, I think the Canucks are going to put up a good effort, but uh, ultimately I think the Hurricanes take this one. Did I say a score? Uh, I'm going to say 4-2 for, for four the two. Hurricanes. 4-2 for the Hurricanes with an empty netter. With an empty netter, exactly. Yeah, okay. All right, <laughs> Just okay. salt in the wound, right? Yeah, I, I hope they win it into overtime, Connor. Honestly, like, but like, that's what I want to see. Uh, yeah. I want to see the Canucks beat good teams, but uh, you know, it's it's a lot to ask for. It is. Um, you know, hopefully this is the low point of the season. You know, if this is the low point, I'm okay with that being at the very start of the year. Mm-hmm. Better than halfway through the year, or let's say right before the playoffs. Let's let's get some wins. I mean, again. Looking at these teams, the Wild, the Sabres, the Hurricanes, while they're not terrible teams, I still think that the Vancouver Canucks can win the majority of these games. Hopefully they get, you know, if they do lose one of these, at least they push it to overtime. But we need to start getting points. You know, a four-game losing streak turning into a seven-game losing streak if they don't win any of these next uh, games in the, in this week, that, that could burn your season. It really could. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what did it for the Canucks last season, even though they turned it around under Bruce. That that start killed it. Like, they they yeah. missed the playoffs by by the points that they lost in that first half. 100%. 100%. Connor saying, I think the Hurricanes will force the Canucks to play better, I'd say. Interesting. Interesting take. It's one of those games where a good team makes an opposition play better, play their game. I see that with the Hurricanes. Hey, let, let's that- hope that's true. Let's hope that's true. They've got a lot of young players the same way the Canucks do. So, you know, it could bring that out, some, some yeah. competitiveness. I agree. I, I do like the Hurricanes, too. They're 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 a good team. Um, all right, there we go. We've talked about Brock Besser maybe on the trade block. Talked about the, the horrendous start for the Vancouver Canucks and their awful defense, which we're going to bring up every single episode. Every time. Um, I think we might have to bring up Kuznetsov, too, just because of how freaking egregious that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, circle on the calendar the next uh, Capitals and Canucks game. I don't know Certainly. when that is, but uh, 
That's going to be a good one. All right, Jack, do you have anything else or uh, are we good to wrap it up here? Man, I don't know. I'm just feeling down in the dumps with this week. It's, I know. Uh, it's just been an absolute train wreck of a start of the season. I, I want to see us turn it around. Uh, I want to keep the faith. So, I, I, you know, as I've said, young team, let's keep the panic in check. Uh, talk to me when we're at 15 games and we're, you know, like three – 12 and one or something like that. Like that would be awful. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Hey, like we predicted, there's two Canucks wins at least in this upcoming week. Oh, um, let's go. Don't, let's don't go. make let's any, keep... don't put any bets uh, based on our predictions. Cause we, we are not like professional bookies or anything, but uh, those are just our, our, our shots in the dark. Two keep wins for Minnesota's the winning streak alive or losing streak. Let's losing keep streak alive. Minnesota's exactly. losing streak alive. Let's exactly. go. Exactly. That's, that's all we need. All right. I think that's it, Jack. Thanks yeah. everybody for joining us on, uh, on this live stream. Thanks everybody that commented, uh, Connor, I see you going nuts on the live stream. Uh, I love it. Rachel, thanks for jumping in Victoria as well. Uh, who else jumped in here? We had someone early on Canucks uh, fan one. 60 second cinema saying best for a bag of pucks seems fair to me all right all right uh I, i'm not sure i agree with that oh yeah and, and canucks number one fan there we go how can we forget um all right that's it folks we'll see you next wednesday